Chapter 1. With Amber's legacy, a flash drive in my pocket, I walked. Russell followed. What else was he going to do? Through the university's campus and into a neighborhood of old wooden houses, I walked past cars, corpses, and clothes. The dead left their remains where they gasped their last breaths, and all the tidiness of the world flitted away in the breeze. I had no destination. I had no goal. Dark thoughts of revenge and the stupidity of it followed me like the half-dozen infected who each fell in line behind Russell, keeping step as we walked. Was social conformity so hardwired into the human brain that even the fever rot couldn't burn it out? Shadows shortened. Summer heat shriveled hope as it boiled toward midday. I wanted to douse myself in the kind of cheap tequila that starts punishing you the moment it passes your lips and moss through my hate with some raging, slamming metal music. Oblivion and numbness, so familiar, beckoned me. I wanted to forget everything. Every single fucking thing. I came to a stop. My entourage did the same. I stared at the sun and tried to sear the image of Amber's bruised face out of my brain, but it wouldn't go. Spots in my vision were all I earned for my trouble. I wanted to squeeze Mark's throat and see his eyes bulge, see his face twist, and hear the pinched sounds from his throat as he tried to gasp for breath. I wanted to revel in the ever-weakening pounding of his fists on my face, like a metronome winding down while his brain died from oxygen deprivation. But he was more likely dead than alive, a probability that increased with each passing minute. He might be a slow burn or a raving cannibal, one of a million white faces, none of which I'd ever recognize again. Unless fortune one day smiled on me, I'd never find him. Revenge would only ever be a little nugget of unrequited, unfulfilled hate weighing on my soul. I needed to let it go, but I knew I never would. Ahead of me, a medicine capsule of a car seemed suddenly to be in the middle of the road, offensively bland, obnoxiously shiny. It angered me beyond reason, and my machete wanted sorely to punish it. So with black fire in my eyes, I attacked, hacked at a fender, and rent ugly scars in the soft metal. Supportive even in violence, Russell was immediately beside me, beating on the hood with his baseball bat. And what the fuck was I going to do with him? Did I really need a Siamese twin? My infected hangers-on assailed the car with their fists and smashed their skulls against the windows until the glass spiderwebbed had caved in. I jumped up on the hood and went after the roof with my blade. The whites tore the car's leather seats. Russell screamed. I roared. The infected joined. We were the destroyers and our victim's pieces fell to the asphalt. Sweating and breathing heavily, I pointed my machete to the sky and screamed at God. White clouds morphed into other white clouds, and slowly slid across the blue and gray. Such was his answer. I jumped down to the street and fell back on the hot asphalt, my dirty matted hair my only pillow. The odor of unwashed sweat lingered over me. My knees and elbows were soiled and scraped my arm bandaged and scabbing still oozed pus from its own little infections. And the blood of the dead, of those whites victimized by my bullets or my blade, covered my clothes and skin in crusty reddish-brown badges of every shape. Tired, thirsty, hungry, spent, I stared into the mottled blue. I was lost. My childhood came to mind. For the millionth futile time I tried to forget it all, the ogre and the harpy had so branded the stench of their wicked ineptitude on my soul that I would forever carry those scars, cursed to hear the harpy's hiss even when I breathed my last breath. Forgetting is a skill learned by the lucky. I'd tried and tried, but always failed. 
In my failure, I'd watch over and over Jerome's death while I hid behind a wall. I'd see Earl's head explode in front of me as I ran across the street. I'd forever see Amber's bloody, inanimate face. Nothing in life is worth remembering. The past is something to escape from, nothing more. On my feet again, I wandered through parts of Austin I'd never seen before. But no matter the street names, no matter the style of houses behind the curb, they're all the same, empty and lifeless, the realm of the infected. But I was infected. Was this realm now mine? King Zed and his dumb white lackeys, destroyers of cars and screamers at the skies. That was worth a laugh, but a laugh was a million miles from my heart. I was wallowing in self-pity over a girl I barely knew, and there was no rational explanation for it. I needed a way to get past it. I was rational enough to know that.